here we are. Uh, here's the two of us here. Uh, how are you enjoying COVID so far? So far, so good. So as you'll notice, um, we're not on 95 right now. We had to adjust the show a bit mm -hmm. um, due to the current situation. So we're off of 95. Um, so welcome. Welcome. We have a great show for you today. We're really excited about this one. So for our session today, we are going to be going over key soft skills to engage your boss, three proven strategies. Uh, and Karen, just uh, on this thought, what are your thoughts overall about uh, working with your boss, trying to build up a good relationship, all of that sort of stuff? Well, I think you said it right there. It's all about the relationship. Um, yes, they are your boss, your supervisor, your manager. Um, however you want to refer to them, um, but they are there for one purpose, and that's to be a guide. Mm -hmm. So part of your job is to help them to be your guide. I think we've mentioned this before in one of our um, talks is um, how to help somebody help you. Uh, so that's essentially what you're doing here is building that relationship, which um, helps you and it helps them as well. Exactly right. So let's go ahead and start the intros here. <laughs> uh, so again, uh, our stream today, we're talking about key soft skills to engage your boss. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into all of that stuff now. Uh, there's a couple of things for us to talk about. In fact, there's three things. And those are uh, make time for catch-ups, actually anticipate team needs, uh, have empathy for their perspective, for your boss's perspective, and then lastly, uh, give helpful feedback. So let's go ahead and start off uh, at the top. Uh, of course, again, Karen and Javier. Uh, but looking at the agenda, so the first one then is um, really have uh, or anticipate their needs. Actually, it should be. There it is. Okay, we found it. <laughs> So what does this mean to anticipate their needs? How do you anticipate your boss's needs? So I think this is both good for not only your boss, but um, for you as well. Um, so essentially anticipating your team needs, which we're not all mind readers, unfortunately. Right. Um, I think it's about uh, communication. So that's what anticipate means. It means building that relationship by communicating to them, not only about work, and tasks that they're assigned, but also making sure that you know what's going on um, in their day-to-day -day life. I know sometimes it can be difficult, but if you build that relationship, sometimes you can notice subtle hints that might help you not only anticipate your team as a whole, but let's say an individual. Um, if you know that they're struggling through something, um, a lot of times, hopefully they'll come up to you but you just want to make sure that you're noticing those key um, aspects, whether it's, you know, are they having difficulty turning something in? You know, do they need help with that project? Are they, you know, less staff, right? Which we deal with that a lot. We know that we're doing more with less. So you want to anticipate how you can help them to make sure that they are successful. No, oh, absolutely. Because your, your supervisors, your leaders, they're responsible for the well-being of the whole team. So if you are trying to help provide information about what's going on with the team, that could only in turn help them help us just a little bit more. Right, and something as simple as, you know, how do you like to communicate, right? Sometimes you have a boss that wants to 
uh, come in, um, you know, in person in the morning pre-COVID or let's say virtually, they want to come into the office and they're ready to start chatting up right away. Other bosses, you know, they want to get down to work and um, focus on that and then maybe step away and group the team. Um, so a simple question as far as, you know, how do you like to start your morning? Or, you know, how do you like to receive an update? Do you want it via email? Do you want it in person um, or virtually? Uh, how, how do you want to receive that? So just not only anticipating, but you're learning. Mm -hmm. So you're learning about them, learning about how they like to communicate um, and just how they like to receive information, I think is one of the key things. Nowadays you have, um, some generational differences, right? Where, you know, some people really want to call and talk, whereas others just want to text. So you just want to learn what those preferences are, as well as, you know, them for you, right? Uh, so you can just start speaking the same language. Yeah, absolutely, speaking the same language. And I love the idea about you asking them, what is it that works best for you? It gives them the opportunity to think it through, but also it gives them the chance to build a relationship with you as well. And how nice that you're actually showing some interest and care about what's good for them. I'd also make a note, it would be good to just write some things down, make a little note to note about patterns that you're seeing. Because sometimes, you know, we may say one thing, but our behavior says something else. And mm -hmm. that's just part of being human overall. It is. I know like with my team, oftentimes I'll tell them to hold me accountable because like you said, sometimes we say something, but how we end up acting or, you know, might be a little bit different. So it's good to have that again, you may hear this a lot, have that relationship with your supervisor where you can have that open dialogue and, um, you know, make sure that you are uh, allowing them the opportunity to provide that kind of feedback. Like, wait, you said you weren't going to work, which they do this to me all the time. You said you weren't going to work on your day off. What are you doing? So get off this meeting. So that's kind of, you know, a way that they try to make me accountable for my actions too. Well, I mean, that's just why you're the chic cookie. Just really continuing to press on, trying to do everything that you can. But, you know, that's okay. Again, it's just all about being who you are and allowing them to be who they are and trying to anticipate everyone's needs as part of the process. Being involved, being engaged is, is the overall thing, I would say. Um, so, okay, and along that note, that brings us to the next one, which is our empathy. Um, and empathy, I think, is just really important because you are you're understand where you're coming from. And sometimes we get triggered ourselves. We could be thinking we're going in one direction and then something happens and we get triggered and we're going in a separate direction as well. Right. Uh, and you want to be careful with empathy, right? Of because it's just, you, you got to maintain that balance where you want to be empathetic, but at the same time, keep that balance of not going to that trigger place. Right. Just understanding the perspective that they have. I mean, if you're a supervisor and you have everyone that's looking to you for leadership, for guidance, to set an agenda, to provide resources and plans and strategies and all that, there's a lot that supervisors are, are dealing with. Mm -hmm. And if you are a mid-level supervisor and you're trying to work with your teams while at the same time trying to understand what's happening with your leadership and even their leadership as well, mm -hmm. you know, having empathy about where you are in the process can really make the world a difference, putting yourself in their shoes. Right. Yeah, and in your case, awesome shoes, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of, you know, um, platinum heels, uh, we also um, 
I, there was something I heard of in, in one of my um, trainings through this whole COVID thing, been taking a lot of extra trainings. Um, and they talked about the platinum roll, which have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Yeah. So Let's hear you it. know the golden roll. Of course. Right. Yeah. So golden treat others as you would like to have them do unto you. Right. Treat others like you want to be treated. Of course. Right. But they had a good example of empathy really being about treating others how they want to be treated. So just because you want to be treated a certain way, others may not have that perspective. So the platinum rule of understand how others like to be treated and try to be respectful of that and treat them in that way. Which I thought was, it was kind of like an enlightening moment because I had never heard of that. And it does make sense because just because I want to be treated in a certain way, that may not be that same perspective for somebody else. Oh, exactly. And so, uh, shame, shameless plug that I'm putting in. Uh, recently, uh, I earned my uh, Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Assessment Certification. So the GovGeeks can now offer MBTI, uh, which is a really, really great assessment. And one of the things that I was learning through that whole process, of course, we've both taken the MBTI a couple mm -hmm. of times before, but in the training program, one of the neat things was just trying to understand how you yourself interact with others. So if you could understand what are some of the triggers that perhaps you have, what are the preferences that you have? For instance, I am uh, a very big extrovert and Karen- Shocker. <laughs> shocker. Uh, you've mentioned a time or two about being a great introvert as well. And there are some things where I would like to talk things through, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you wanna talk things through. You have your own way of processing information, coming to your conclusions. And so if we allow each other our space, it's a little easier to work together. And it's the same thing in teams. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So what are the challenges that you've seen when a person is trying to work with someone, but unfortunately, they're just not on the same wavelength? What, what kind of happens to teamwork and collaboration when that happens? Uh, teamwork definitely stalls when they just sort of go into their own corners and you know they each want to die on that hill um, instead of taking a step back and taking a different perspective and maybe coming to an agreement that you know you may not have to agree but at the same time we're kind of going towards the same goal the same mission so how can we work together um, you know you may want to kind of stick your head in the sand and and have your opinion but um, at the end of the day you're really not going to get very far and it's just going to make both of you miserable. Right, which I mean, who wants to be happy in that type of an environment and how really much are you going to get out of these relationships if you're both like polarized and you're not really comfortable working together. Right. And then you then polarize the rest of the team um, because they don't want to be around that. So. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, if you understand your issues, you understand their issues, which I know a lot of times when, um, say we're watching movies, for instance, and it just needs to understand the perspective of who we believe the villain to be, but really the villain has their own you know, perspectives on things. And not like we're, we're calling our coworkers villains or heroes <laughs> or anything like that, but just really everyone has uh, their perspective and what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think we've had some of the most interesting discussions where um, we watch, especially for whatever reason, the Marvel movies, right? You have the so-called villain, but their, their their motive really isn't villainous. Um, it's how they're getting to their um, end goal that is a little bit precarious. And, right. um, but in, in the end, it, it could be they're just, you know, I think we talked about X-Men, mm -hmm. right? Um, one of the first, uh, first ones. 
where you know I'm talking about Magneto and like well I understand what he's what he's saying and what he's trying to do right for these mutants but at the same time what he's doing to get there is just wrong so it, it was definitely something that um, warranted um, a fun conversation on that um, piece but it is interesting how um, trying to understand those different perspectives um, really helps move your team forward and the relationship with your boss and the relationship with your boss yeah understanding the perspective that they're coming to i mean they may have like one dead set perspective and this has to be this way and i'm showing really strong leadership by having really firm perspective and providing guidance for others to follow and everything even though sometimes it may be uh the, the wrong approach uh, you know but according to them no i mean it's, it's absolutely not the wrong approach it's just the way that they want to go for something Right, but at the end of the day, that's kind of leading up, right? Because they are your supervisor. Right. They are your boss. So how do you, you know, lead up to kind of show them a different perspective? It may not change how they go about things or, you know, but it will hopefully give you insight into why they're doing it the way they are. Maybe, oh, maybe their boss told them this is how it's going to be, so. Yeah, and it was just, um, you know, they're operating from the best information that they have the best perspective. They have sincere care for how things are supposed to be going, but that's just their, their different perspective. You know, actually, one of the things that has really helped me in my career is providing a well-rounded perspective to your supervisors, your boss, uh, especially if it's during one-on-one, -on -one, uh, where it's a little easier to kind of have a conversation with them or perhaps even present a contrary opinion, um, or even bringing up in uh, small group settings where you help them understand a perspective that they perhaps didn't know about so they can make a more well-rounded decision. Uh, and that, that sometimes is, is very helpful. But I mean, at the same time, obviously, you don't want to you know call someone out in the middle of a meeting or you know put them in a spot where they, they would feel defensive or attacked or something like being uh, like hijacked. Um, but having these uh, conversations really help and even uh, communicating with colleagues ahead of time uh, so that you together can help kind of come up with a good perspective uh, that allows them to see one way or the other. That's all about you know, the peer support uh, as well as, like you mentioned, like leading up. I'm curious, how do you think X-Men would have been? I mean, do you think Magneto would have been able to change his perspective had he heard a contrary opinion earlier on from Wolverine or uh, Professor Xavier? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You never know. I mean, I think it's it's also about how he was treated, right? Right. Absolutely. So that really gets ingrained in people. And I think that's the psyche part of it, right? Where you don't know somebody else's struggles. And that's something that, especially with everything going on right now, you just don't know what the person next to you is going through. Um, unless you open up, open up your mind and have those conversations. Um, because somebody could look like, you know, they have not a care in the world, but they could be going through the hardest thing. Um, and it's just important to keep that in mind. And that could also be why somebody, you know, blows up in a meeting over one little thing is they're just struggling with um, a lot that right. they just don't know about. Right. Uh, and I read recently uh, the idea that uh, be nice to people even though they're not nice to you because they uh, more than likely need it the most. And so if you're uh, caring and considerate, and, and that's just really, you know, a, a bigger thing about having empathy for anyone's perspective, really, about where they are in the process. You don't know what's going on, like you mentioned. So we have uh, the next item here, which is 
uh, to give helpful feedback. Um, now, this is always an interesting thing because you don't want to put your head in the lion's mouth <laughs> when you're talking to the supervisor. Um, so Karen, you've been through a lot. You've had tons of accomplishments and everything. So from your perspective, how best do you give feedback to a supervisor? Um, when they're open to it. So, and I think this, I mean, this is really universal. Um, this goes to uh, one of, uh, you know, a mentor that I have sticks in um, my head um, when she would say, you want to make sure that somebody is ready to hear the feedback that you want to give. So you just, you just don't sit down with your boss and say, look, the way you handled that meeting was horrible. You know, you don't want to do that. You politely, you know, are, are you in a place right now where um, you would receive some feedback? Right. If they say no, just leave it there and maybe come back to it later. Um, but if they are, then, then you can just have that conversation. And sometimes it's constructive feedback. Sometimes it's positive feedback. So, and I think that's the part is to maintain that constructive um, piece of it because you you don't want to come off too critical. Um, just again, like unless that's how they like to receive feedback, maybe so. But um, definitely want to just have it there and sit with them and be honest with them. Right. Well, it's just like what you mentioned earlier about the platinum role. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're trying to not treat them how you perspective your perspective of how you'd like to be treated but for them as well um also with feedback i've always found it's interesting because um if you ask yourself the question why are you seeking to give the feedback because uh you might realize that you're just trying to say something to make yourself feel better um and while that's helpful is that really productive to get to a supervisor just to kind of you know give them feedback that makes you feel better or kind of like almost unloading on someone essentially uh, about the perspective that you have. Um, so again, are they are they ready to hear the information? You know, as part of the, the coaching program with, with IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching um, that we went through, one of the main things that they always uh, kind of say in coaching is if the individual is ready to receive it. So, because change only happens when you want the change to happen. So you can ask a simple question up front. Uh, would you be open to feedback? I'm, I have an observation, may I share this with you? Uh, I see that this occurred, uh, could we talk about that? Um, and just honestly, let them tell you if they, they do or they don't. Uh, maybe it's uh, something for a bigger conversation. Uh, maybe it's something that would allow them to kind of like process the information and then come back to the uh, conversation when, when they're ready. Um, I've had lots of really fantastic supervisors and one of the neat things that I've always experienced is how they prepare for conversations. So if you kind of like set it up and then later on when the conversation actually occurs, they're prepared uh, and, and they can kind of come across a little bit better. Uh, whereas if, uh, you know, you just like swing by their office or pick up the phone or send them a text or something, if they're not in the place to receive it, they could be like, what's this? What's yeah. this all about? You know? Yeah. And I think as an individual as well, whether you're the employee or the supervisor, but supervisor, more importantly, it's good to be open to that feedback. Um, I know in, in, in my one-on-ones, it's always, you know, 
well, what can I do for you? Do you have any feedback for me? You know, let me know how I'm doing. Because again, I may not know sometimes how I'm projecting or what my actions are conveying, you know, unless you, you tell me. So it's good to have that, again, open dialogue and um, relationship to be able to have that because I have been able to change some things that I do based on feedback from my team members. Um, I would say that that's been extremely helpful. Yeah, and, and helpful for them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so fun story, when I was growing up, um, so my dad would always cook breakfast on Sunday mornings, right? And, steak and eggs. <laughs> actually, yeah, we would have steak and eggs and some hash browns. I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> but, um, you know, he had in his mind, uh, for whatever reason, that I like my eggs a certain way, where, where the yolk is a little bit more firm uh, on the inside. And I never really knew how to give feedback to him about, you know, you know, I like the eggs a little bit, you know, sunny side up with the, the yolk a little bit runny and everything. And it was funny because years into this, uh, I finally have the opportunity to kind of phrase it correctly as I'm trying to think about how to communicate with him. And he and I had the, the largest laugh at the whole thing because he, he said, you know, I always made them that way because that's how I thought you wanted it to be. But you never really told me otherwise, so that's why I just, you know, kept making it that way. Right? And going to the platinum roll, I bet you he made it for you like that because that's the way he liked it. Yeah. Because remember when I tried to make him eggs, I made it the runny way and he's like, it's got to be cooked more. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you like it nice and cooked. Okay. Well, your cooking is delicious no matter what. Yes. But see, it's good to know, right? Absolutely. Then you knew what he how he enjoyed his eggs, he knew how you enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Because really at the end of the day, the reason why he was putting all of that effort was because he wanted me to be happy about the eggs the way that I liked them. Mm -hmm. And by me not telling him or providing helpful feedback, that just took away from all of the efforts that he had made. And same thing for supervisors. I mean, uh, you, you go about trying to design engagement strategies and you know different ways of interacting and let's have team buildings or let's try this, let's try that. Um, and if those things just really aren't what you're comfortable with and a person is going above and beyond. So from one perspective, they're like, ah, oh, I don't know what's going on. I try to do all these things. I think they like this. I think they like that. Um, but you know, I'm just not getting all that engagement. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you know, the, the employees and staff are thinking, you know, why are they dragging me to this again? Don't they know I don't like that? Why can't they understand? Well, yeah. having a good conversation and good feedback is really helpful. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> so we have just about uh, five minutes left. I uh, wanted to let everyone know some more information about what we're doing here with the Cupcakes. So we actually have a fantastic program that Karen and I put together uh, for resume development. We've had tons of questions about, you know, how do I format? How do I design something? And, you know, we have any additional resources. So this is actually a free program that we put together. All you have to go do is go to our website, thegovgeeks.com. Uh, and from there, you can go ahead and sign up for our community. And we send you an automatic email that has the link for you to go to a special page on our website uh, to look at the information. It's a good 30 minute video, uh, lots of solid information. There are templates on there as well. There are tons of links. Um, Karen, from your perspective, when we were recording that, what do you think is one of the neat things that kind of like stands out in your mind about um, the type of helpful tips and tricks and strategies or materials that people will get? 
Um, to be honest, I didn't realize that uh, information that we had would be valuable to people. Um, but um, I guess it is. But even as simple as um, the layout of your resume, um, something as simple as that, especially comparing the government resume to um, the private resume, um, I think was something that a lot of people seem to get a lot of value out of. Um, not to mention just how to structure it in a way that is um, effective. Yeah, definitely. And you know, in, in the structure, because a lot of times we craft our resumes, and I say we because I'm, I'm part of this uh, as well, but just as the process goes and you kind of learn to change, it's always good to ensure that you are demonstrating the value to the organization. I mean, the person reading the uh, resume should have a good sense in their mind of like how hiring this individual is going to help them get the work that they need to get done done. Right? So, uh, very, very helpful strategy. So, we're really excited to, to announce that. Also, I wanted to tease a little bit of information. Uh, we are putting together a GovGeek challenge. It's a 14 day challenge that we're going to be releasing some more information out here within the next week or two. Uh, basically, good strategies for resume development, for career fulfillment, making sure that you're choosing the right job series for uh, really what's, what you're interested in, looking at strategies as to uh, once you get into that one position, how do you then move on in your career? And this isn't just like entry level, but it also works great for mid-level and executives uh, as well. And then we even do uh, interview work uh, as well. So we'll help people feel a little bit more confident and comfortable with interview strategies and all of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of towards the end of all of this stuff. Uh, just to tie up the, you know, the topic about really uh, engaging your supervisor, uh, building a good relationship for your boss. Karen, what are your thoughts on how best this information can help uh, an individual develop a relationship with their supervisor? Why is that even important? Starting that conversation, um, I think it would help just with that alone um, and seeing their perspective. Just even having that conversation to start with, uh, allowing yourself to open up to that possibility. Right, because as you go on through your career, um, you'll, you'll realize that um, you often don't want to burn bridges, especially with your supervisor, so that, that relationship is very key in your career development. Exactly, very key. So we do uh, these GovGeeks Assemble uh, live shows every week. Uh, we're excited to, to provide this to everyone every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it allows us to kind of connect with you at a time when work is pretty much hopefully kind of slowing down for you a little bit. Uh, but all of this information is still available. Uh, if you look on YouTube, Facebook, we're going to be posting some on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and next week, we have a pretty good topic as well. Next week, three ways to nurture your network. Uh, as we know, your network is your net worth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all about some more relationships as well. But again, strategies to help you really have a fulfilling career in government. Um, so hopefully you all like this format. Uh, hopefully this is something that, that's good for you. The nice little uh, logos and information and videos and everything that we're providing to you guys. But yeah, so this was our key soft skills to engage your boss, three proven strategies. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to offer, Karen, before we sign off for today? I think that's it. Just stay safe, be healthy, and keep in touch. Oh, I love that. 
stay safe, be healthy, and keep in touch. Excellent, everyone. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your dedication. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday at 6 p.m. for the next Gun Geeks Assemble live show. Take care. We'll see you then.